What's better than being a part of a team where you come together with one common vision, one common work ethic to attack one common goal? There's something really special about competitive team sports. What's even more special is building that team and putting in the work year after year to get it to a point that it's contending for championships. That's right. You heard that. Championships. My guests today are two of the incredible contributors to the Michigan State women's soccer team, Big Ten champs. Oh, yeah. Times two. Stick around to hear their story today. Welcome to At The Podium. Hello again, and welcome to At The Podium with Manuela Mesqua. I'm a financial advocate, CEO, father, husband, and massive sports fan. I'm obsessed with encouraging people to dream and attack the unique vision of their life so that they can inspire others to do the same. We built this podcast to share the stories of high performers, and we convert those moments, those stories, those lessons into golden nuggets that can help you get closer to your hopes and dreams. Folks, today my guests are Justina Gaynor and Gabby Mueller. That's right. Justina and Gabby hailing from the Michigan State University. Some of the top student athletes on campus today, they've played a huge role in turning a somewhat competitive team into a national contender, winning back-to-back Big Ten championships. I loved hearing from Justina and Gabby. There was so much overlap between the two, including starting early on in their childhoods, playing for different developmental programs together. But I loved hearing about the excitement to play for Coach Hostler. I loved hearing about his vision, his expectations around discipline and work ethic. I loved also hearing the way they wrapped it up and talked about the way he gets them to play for a bigger vision, to play for the team and to play for team outcomes. And that, in turn, rewards the individual athlete and teammates. Enjoy my conversation with Jacina and Gabby. Folks, I am so amped up for today's episode. I have two of the superstars from Michigan State's women's soccer team, Big Ten champs, back-to-back, and they're both midfielders. (laughs) I got Justina Gaynor and Gabby Mueller. I'm so thankful that you're here with us today. Thank you so much. Very excited to be here. I was so amped up when they walked in. They they looked so happy. I was like, wow, (laughs) so that's what it was like to be young, to just be happy and positive all the time. But just coming off of your second Big Ten championship and an incredible win on Friday, congratulations on Friday night's win. Any memorable moment from Friday night that you're like, man, this is when I knew we were going to win? Oh, um, I scored. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that oh, yeah, <laughs> That helps. Yeah, that does. That helps that in a does. 3-0 victory. It felt good. It felt good. But yeah. We started off strong that game. I was feeling good. Honestly, the locker room, we had some good, good vibes, good energy. Everyone felt really ready. You get so. carried onto the field and everyone could feel it. The bench, the, like the girls on the team, the coaches, I think everyone felt it that yeah, game. Yeah, and I, I we scored, I mean, pretty pretty early in so the game. Early. Three minutes. First, two, three minutes. Three minutes. So yeah, I kind of set yeah. the tone for the day. But awesome. once we got the third goal, I was like, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and congratulations. And thanks for squeezing us in of a course. couple of days oh, after. Yeah. I knew you're getting ready for the next match. Yeah. So thanks for being here today. Of course. Why don't we do this? Justina and Gabby, why don't each of you take a turn and talk to us about your hometown, high school, and where you were playing before you got to Michigan State. And then I want to use that as the entryway to talk about your childhood and why soccer. Okay. Yeah. I am from Shelby Township, Michigan, so not too far from Michigan State. I went to Notre Dame Prep High School. I grew up playing for the Gators, Michigan Gators, before, this was a long time ago, so I feel like I'm a little bit older now. People probably don't remember the Gators, but um, now it's Nationals. When you say that to a 45-year-old, you realize that's not a long time ago. People, people, don't, people don't know that, like, the name, like, that's, that's like. Nationals was Gators. Nationals was and, Gators, and that's, yeah. like, where I come from, and I'm, like, forever. Like, I am, if I tell people, like, 
where I grew up playing Gators and then I'm like nationals it's nationals but like at heart I am Gators FC <laughs> but, Gators FC Gators there we FC. go <laughs> orange forever orange and blue but yeah so I ended up playing for nationals the DA team up until my senior year of high school I played for Notre Dame prep my freshman year in the spring season but then with the development academy starting I ended up finishing out my high school full year um, round at nationals. And then I committed my sophomore year of high school to play at Butler University down in Indiana. Go Bulldogs. Yeah, <laughs> go dogs. <laughs> but oh down at um, Butler until, or I guess I played one season, one season there before coming to Michigan State. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're happy you're back in Michigan. Yeah, I know. I got yeah. to come home. So Thank very you. excited. Gabby. Yes. So my hometown is near Justina. I'm from Macomb, Michigan, yeah. and I went to Dakota and I didn't play high school soccer there. I was on the Michigan Hawks. Um, we went DA and then ECNL um, for those years, and I loved that. And then I went to Baylor University, Sikkim Bears. <laughs> I am Baylor girl at heart and had Scott me here, but I've had three great seasons there and I've loved it. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So you're both at Michigan State now. You know, I loved hearing about the fact that you you grew up near each other. Did you actually ever play against each other? Yes. Yeah, so I was also a Gator girl. Uh, <laughs> but I left and went to Vardar, which is another soccer club. And then from Vardar, I went to Michigan Hawks. So that's where I finished out my career. And that's what like got me recruited to Baylor. Yes. But I was a Gator girl with Justina. So we were midfielders together since what? Age seven eight years, years old, old we've been playing together wait so the you... chemistry has been there <laughs> wow we've known yeah. each other since we were seven. yeah and then we did odp which is like a soccer development yeah. program um we were both up in the same uh age group yeah so we, so did, that we did that in high school too so we've Maybe played to... for a while together yeah. <laughs> yeah we also played basketball together wow her mom was my coach because we went to the same school yeah <laughs> chrissy hey chrissy jackpot <laughs> chrissy jackpot i'm putting these two in the we chairs did. today i thought you did your research i know we were like this do they is... does he know <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah she did not tell me all this we went to um saint mary and mount clemens it's together. a small catholic school yeah uh, catholic school. yeah so um, I was, I, so my brother is, um, much older. He's eight years older than me. He, my parents put him in St. Mary's and then my sister, who is also plays with me at state, um, yeah. or but us at yeah. state, um, she went there and then I went there and then Gabby transferred in after second grade. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we started going to school together in third grade. And That's then our awesome. older sisters are the and same yeah, age, yeah. and they played soccer together. Yeah. So our <laughs> older sisters went to St. Mary together. We went. We went there together. Yeah. When did you know? And and I'd like for each of you to maybe uh, share some remarks around this. But when did you know it in your childhood that you're like, hey, I'm going to play soccer for a long time? Gabby, why don't you kick us off? Well, for me, it was a pretty young age. I remember playing you know the normal like sports and doing gymnastics and ballet when I was super young and then I remember my dad really pushing soccer and he was like I swear like if you try on the cleats and try practice and you hate it like I'll go to every ballet recital and I was, and I was like okay we'll try it shout out um, to Mr. Mueller I know <laughs> so yeah. went to soccer and I think I fell in love with it right away he was my first coach um so you can imagine that. And then, so it got pretty serious fast. And I remember Halloween's, I was like, I want to be Mia Ham for Halloween. And so I would put on like the black stuff under my eyes and her jersey and my hair back with the headband. And I was like, I don't want to be anything but Mia Ham. And I want to play soccer forever. And it was never, we were talking about it in the car where it wasn't about college soccer. It was more just like there wasn't an end goal. Like it was just, I just want to play soccer. And like, that's all I wanted to do. I didn't think about school. I didn't think about anything else. I was like, I just want to be a soccer player. Let me chime in on that Mia Hamm comment. I didn't tell you in the car, but I remember third grade, we had biography projects. Oh yeah. And I remember so clearly, Gabby's like, Mia Hamm. Mia Hamm's my person I'm doing. Like, I I was researching, I was doing the books, I was like, I "I will be, I'm going to be her. (laughs) You know who I did mine on? Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. You did yours on Mia Hamm. And I was... I remember that so clearly. Like, so what was that, third grade? Like, nine years old. So it was, it's been a while for me, where it's all I've wanted to do. I really enjoyed 
your reference to playing soccer indefinitely. Yeah. Like there was, there was just no end in mind. Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine that there are many young student athletes who don't see it the same way. Right. That's got to be a popular way of seeing it is I'm just going to do this for as long as possible. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like I'm sort of similar in that. I grew up playing soccer, basketball, did gymnastics, I did dance. I feel like similar in that. <laughs> but um yeah I think like um it wasn't until I was like I don't know maybe like 11 or 12 that I was like had the idea in my mind of college soccer because I think it was similar where I remember going to um like U.S. women's national team games and like that being my idea of like mm -hmm. this is soccer at the next level and not mm -hmm. um like I think at the time like the NWSL the National Women's Soccer League like definitely didn't have as big of a following and that whole thing um so I think in my mind like the end goal was to just keep playing mm -hmm. I was like I I feel like I had that in the back of my mind like I don't think I want to really do anything but play I don't really think I want to be like another profession or do anything else but yeah I don't think it was until I was a little bit older too that the idea of college soccer came like around really and that yeah. um, I had a little bit of an idea like we grew up close to like Oakland University and stuff and I, oh, sure. I'd been to maybe like a few of their games but yeah I don't think that I really understood like the magnitude of college soccer until like I was in the recruiting process and when we were going through it it was a, definitely a lot different than it is now mm -hmm. um, where we were freshmen eighth graders freshmen in high school looking at college trying to figure out like what the best fit was going to be and where you wanted to end yeah. up in four I remember years. seventh grade, my dad sent me, sat me down. He was like, write your list of your top 10 schools you want to go to. Seventh grade. And I was like, okay. Like, I was like, dream school. <laughs> All for it. Dream yeah. school. This is where I want to be. Then eighth grade is like when we were like, hey, it's time to pick it up. But now it's, what do they wait? Junior year. So yeah, yes. like that's the difference. I think I was like, I remember again, like so clearly, like in my freshman year, first hour class, history class, like on my computer looking up, um, as on my computer looking up like different programs and majors or like what areas of interest they had and like all those things. And I was like, I, I never like, looked up the majors. 15 years old. <laughs> Mia Ham. No, I didn't look up the majors. I was like, what is there soccer what did Mia major in? Mia Ham didn't study. She just played soccer. <laughs> My parents were like, You have what do you want to do? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what soccer? do you mean? Like can they like do they have a soccer mean? field? Yes, like, uh, what do you mean? But yeah, I think like that was that was just like when I like really like picked it up and I was like, Okay, like what do I want? And I was like I don't know what I want even now. I'm like, I don't even know like, Thinking what I back want. to like eighth grade and freshman year, like coaches asking us what we want and like parents asking us what we want. I can't believe we even had, had a, a clue. I don't like, even know how I made a decision, to be honest, because I like, again, <laughs> thinking back even to like, I mean, I'm a senior in college now, like mm -hmm. sophomore year of high school. I was not the same person. No. Just like experience experience wise and like all that stuff like that's just so different who who would you say justina who would you say so that our listeners kind of can envision what it was like to be you back then <laughs> who would you say had your ear the most about soccer who had the most influence as you were navigating all these different opportunities and decisions definitely my parents okay yeah, is I'm there one that is there one that's more outspoken about no, I don't. I don't think. I think that it was, I had like a good balance between them. I'm very, very close with my family, and that's honestly like one of the reasons I did come back to Michigan is because mm -hmm. of like how close I am and how how much like the close relationship that I do have with my parents. But I think when I was initially going through it, they definitely like both gave me their opinions and like had my best interests at heart, but like in their own way. And I don't think one was like necessarily more than the other, but they were definitely like. For each of their personality types, like they gave me good advice and guidance mm -hmm. and definitely like had enough wisdom or like whatever. Like they had like the parental like care for me that I definitely needed, like going through the recruiting process. So neither of your parents screwed it up. <laughs> no. I'm kidding, no. mom and dad. Obviously, I'm no, thankful. No. We're all thankful. All Spartan fans are thankful that she loves you so much she would come back because yes. now we have back-to-back -back big <laughs> championships, right? Yeah. So shout out to mom and dad on shout that. Shout out to mom and for dad. For sure. Yeah. And then Gabby, how about for you? Who do you think 
outside of your father, who I want to meet, because I obviously need to take some tips. Ava, just so you know, tonight I'm coming home. We're making a list. Make the list. We're making you a list. You can't leave the dinner table until yeah, you actually, make the list. Ava, I'm going to hire Gabby to just come over and get you to make the list, honey. But who would you say outside of your father was also just a really strong influence in terms of how your relationship and your love and I mean, I would say it was a healthy obsession about soccer group. I mean, I think it was my family okay. um, as a whole. I don't think there was one person. Okay. I think out of everyone besides my father, I think I was the hardest on myself and pushing myself to what I thought was my potential at the time. But my older sister played soccer seriously and my two younger brothers did as well. Okay. So we would go to school and come home and get a game going. Like we'd go outside and play or wow. we'd go in the basement when there was snow outside. Like we'd be playing soccer, hitting the walls, like the amount of windows that have shattered, the holes in the walls, like they're soccer balls. Like, so it was just what I was constantly around and it's what I loved to do. And I think then going to practice and having... I've had awesome coaches that have been feeding me like what they think my potential can be and what I can do. And I think that was always so encouraging. And I've been fortunate enough to have those coaches and those influences in my life. And then coming home to my family who everyone was pursuing soccer. And then my friend group was pursuing soccer. Like we were friends growing up and it's like that was everyone's thought process. Our mindsets were all very similar. I surrounded myself with people with similar mindsets on like we have a goal and maybe it's not soccer, but it's somewhere in athletics and it's we're, that's what we're doing. Like that was just what I was constantly surrounded myself. Yeah, I feel like even yeah. like at recess and playing with the We'd, boys. We and, like, would like get stuff going with like what one time we played, we juggled with a oh grapefruit. Oh gosh, I was, yeah. Like we, <laughs> whenever the there was room, any like circular was, yeah. object, we were we doing something. basketball. Like, like getting touches. Yeah. I remember was, having one coach be like, if you don't get a hundred touches on the ball this day, like you won't be better than X. So I was all, always like getting touches. I was always touches. doing something. Yes. I know like even like when we were like young, like, um, we had like our indoor facilities and stuff with like brick walls and we would just play wall ball wall ball i mean like wall ball we train i mean i we probably with the boys once uh oh, yeah. on a, like winter and it was just like us against them they like, didn't bother to learn our names no the they boys didn't. we were called girl girl <laughs> they're like is the are the girls coming yeah the girls it, coming. pass it to the girl like <laughs> they never bothered to learn our names but we would um get into the boys practices and i honestly think that helped our a ton playing we were young so maybe much. like well, because you're still a Gator, so maybe like nine, ten, ten, yeah, nine or ten. Coach Mack, yeah, yeah. When you when you think back uh, to being a student athlete uh, in middle school and high school, there's so many student athletes that listen to the podcast now. We are growing the listeners, especially in the female population mm -hmm. of student athletes right now. You know, my Ava is going to listen to this, right? And she's going to be so excited to hear what you had to share. <laughs> what are some of the pieces of advice that you would give, you know, an Ava Amesqua and her teammates? I definitely think for like being a, like a female athlete that school is still very important. And I think that was the way that I was raised too. Not that it isn't important for- Yeah, me and know. Ham doesn't agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I know that, I know that. <laughs> But for me, like, that's how I was raised um, school first. Like, if, if school wasn't done, if my homework wasn't done, then, like, sports came second. But I do think that was what I wanted to do was play soccer. I liked school. And Gabby will tell you, like, I was, I liked school. <laughs> but I wanted to she play soccer. She I loves school. school. But anyway, I, I wanted to play soccer. So, like, I was definitely, like, I learned, I feel like I learned discipline from a young age without knowing, without understanding that that was the term and that was like what it was. Like I knew that I had soccer practice and I knew that I had to get my homework done and I needed to be efficient because I had soccer practice. So I think learning that discipline, again, growing up and just that being my normal mm -hmm. with time management, those are things that we talk about now, but I, I was, I don't know, nine, 10, 11. I don't know what that was. Even into like older middle school, like you just do it and you learn and it kind of becomes ingrained. And I think those are really great skills to have for life and being a student athlete now in college, it's everything, managing time. Yeah. And um, I feel like, yeah, a lot of things people 
talk about with student athletes is like, oh, how do you manage your time? Like that must be so difficult. But I think doing that my whole life. No, yeah. So I think we've just done it from such a young age that it's not hard. It's just like so ingrained in what we do, and it's just a part of like who we are. And even if we didn't play soccer, like it would be with like other aspects of our life, we'd still be disciplined. We'd still like have good time management skills. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't. Like, it's not something we have to work at. I think a lot of girls um, on our team, too, it's just... Yeah. Can I touch on that? Yeah. So yes. I have a thought. I've watched a lot of people come in and out of these chairs, right? Yeah. yeah. Men and women. And I've heard them reference it before, which is, you know, it's like, we didn't know it was discipline, but that's what we were yeah. living, yeah. right? We were we're living a disciplined lifestyle. Yes. How much of that can you recall being an outcome of just the environments your parents raised you in? Oh, 100%. right. Because yeah, okay. all of it. Yeah. 100%. yeah, like I said, like for me and growing up, it was school, then soccer. So we, again, also, we like, also grew up Catholic. So yeah, we just grew up the strictness, of, the strictness of like the Catholic faith school and Catholic school Catholicism. And, like, I think that played a role into it. Like, definitely who we are in, too. Yeah, especially like into high school, like I ended up going to Notre Dame prep and it was not an easy school yeah. <laughs> by any means. Right. So um, Great balancing again trying to find the right college fit with soccer basketball school because i I played um, basketball all the way through high school too so learning those things in high school like and making that transition to college Mm -hmm. again like it it comes from such a young age that i mean i'm very thankful i think it was like the best time to learn those kinds of skills that you'd Mm -hmm. again like reflect now and you're like oh my gosh wow, like I've been doing yeah. this for a long time and it's not even like it's second nature. Yeah. I want to dive into what was happening when you were playing at Baylor and you were playing at Butler and you were thinking about whether or not you would finish out your collegiate career then. Can you take our listeners through that decision? Because I have to think that was a hard decision. Yeah. yeah. Right. Especially the weather's better at Baylor. Yeah. So, so take us through that. was probably... That was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make to this day. What made it hard? I loved the school. I actually really enjoyed the school, like the classes there too, the professors, the campus, my friends there, the soccer team. They were all like my very best friends. I still talk to them to this day. Like we're all so close. Just the culture and my living situation, everything there was so great. And the weather was awesome. Yeah, when this girl committed, I was like, she's never coming back. She's never. I, yeah, I still have no idea how you're here. <laughs> same. Yeah, I yeah. was in. I love Texas, and I just, was like, "This is when you committed." I was like, "This is yeah, Texas." So girl. Was, I was like, "I will <laughs> never see you in the state of Michigan." We live ten minutes from each other, and I will never see you again. <laughs> yes. So it was a tough decision, but it was my junior year. We got a new coach, and so we had a new coaching staff, and. I think it just changed the culture a bit. We lost a lot of girls and you could feel the shift. And right away at the time I was injured, I had ankle surgery. And so I was already thinking like, okay, like what next? Because with COVID year, a fifth year, you're not guaranteed your scholarship. Like you're guaranteed it for the four years. So my thought process was like, okay, what am I doing with my degree? What am I doing with money? And then what do I want to do with soccer after college? So those are my like top three priorities. I love the school and everything about it, but like I still keep my priorities. Like what I need to do, like I'm gonna do that. So I was really like thinking logical about it. So I sped up my graduation degree. So I was able to graduate in three years to give me the option of transferring. So I was like, just in case if I wanna do it and if I stay at Baylor, then I can do a two year master's program at Baylor. But I wanted to give myself the opportunity to go somewhere else. And with the way our season was going, I was like, this isn't going to set me up for an opportunity to play professionally if that's something I wanted to do. So that was the second thing. And it just brought me to like many conversations with friends, family, like what is best for me right now. And I decided in a moment that I wanted to take my soccer like very seriously. And so I was seeking out a program that would help me do that and help me find a place to play after college because again like I wanted to play soccer I want to play soccer indefinitely <laughs> so what can I do to get me there like what can I do and so I got the school under control and I was able to graduate Baylor in three years and look for a school to play in my senior year but I'm in a I'm a master's student but so it's weird like yeah. I'm a senior but I'm in a master's program at Michigan State 
what is one thing? Let's focus on one thing, okay? So take your time. But what's one thing the Coach Hostler and the program did, said, or represented that made you say, this is absolutely where I'm going to go play? It was a playing style, for sure. That was like the number one thing. I wanted to find a playing style that would fit mine. And Baylor, I loved Baylor, but it, the playing style didn't match me very much. And I think like touching on that, like playing style as in like possession versus like uh, more direct teams. And yes. I think like that's different than in like other sports where, I don't know, I feel like that doesn't necessarily happen in basketball as much, but like playing style, I feel like is huge in mm-hmm. soccer. And where like what fits you as a player? Is it like yeah. a transition game where you're running more versus uh mm-hmm. Um, like high press team defensively, like mm-hmm. those kinds of things mm-hmm. that like you have to figure out your strengths and like yeah. what fits you. And that's like another thing that like going through the recruiting process from a young age, you're not necessarily like fully developed as yeah. a player too, which makes and it And I don't think I quite like, understood that when I was a freshman committing to Baylor. Mm-hmm. Like, but now the second time around recruiting, I was like, I'm going to find somewhere that fits me and that where I can reach my full potential mm-hmm. as a soccer player. And Jeff and I talked like recruiting and we talked about different aspects of that. And it just, it made sense. And I thought I could be my best soccer player at Michigan State. Who's Jeff? Hostler. Coach Hostler. Coach Hostler. Oh, we do not oh my, who's refer Jeff? to that Je- man Jeffrey. as Coach Hostler. No, nobody calls him uh, I call him Coach Hostler. Coach but, um, Sorry. No, no, no. I love, that's, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. It almost sounds as if you saw this as an opportunity to hit reset. Yes. And if it was almost like your second chance yes. to make a great decision for you to continue playing. That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. And I, yeah, Justina. I'm bouncing off that exact same Please. thing. Like, I mean, you were in reset. Indianapolis. Are you kidding me? Broad Ripple? Yeah. How, how the heck? Yeah, I love Broad Ripple. <laughs> yeah. Carmel, Carmel is like my favorite place, though. I love downtown Carmel. How Actually, did you leave my that? sister and I, because Celia, my sister was there for four, four, like three full years when I was there. Did she play at Butler? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, so crazy story but yeah like we loved caramel caramel was like our go-to especially during covid when there was yes. like not a lot to do we yes. would make the 20 minute drive and the burgers are so good there yeah. the ice cream and everything but anyways yeah so i um played one season at butler it was my freshman year so i'm a 2020 graduate well we both are but so it was my covid like everything was messed up mm-hmm. blah 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 so our season got canceled in the fall. We didn't play any games and we had ended up having a spring season. And I was playing with my sister there. And after the season, it was sort of a same, the similar mindset of I was super serious about soccer. And in my mind, I just wanted to keep playing soccer again for as long as I possibly could. And I wanted to be at a place that set me up for that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was in my best interest to leave and go somewhere else and it was definitely a tough decision because i don't know like it is it's a hard it's a hard thing to change like that's a big change in your life again like being your whole life yeah you're moving you're just starting fresh but for me because of covid my freshman year technically didn't count Mm -hmm. so i saw it as the perfect opportunity to restart i had four more years and i was like if i'm going to restart i want to restart now where i have a fresh four years and i went in the transfer portal very late i would say because of the way our season like played out and Mm -hmm. we weren't done until um end of april beginning of may Mm -hmm. i was in the transfer portal in june mid-june actually probably late june and the next season was starting August 1st and so I was literally was like I can't see myself staying here for another four years and I again like you said like I love school I thought the school was great some Mm -hmm. of my favorite professors teachers in life came from Butler but I just knew that in like my best interest was to leave and go somewhere else and so I had no plan literally no plan (laughs) what other schools did you look at I so I had Top like three. two, yeah. yeah, I had like three-ish weeks to make a decision because I mm-hmm. knew that I needed to figure out housing and I was going to be somewhere new in yeah. literally like a month and going into a season. 
So, and there was the 4th of July thrown in there, which I always forget about because everyone's on vacation. But I narrowed down my options to Michigan State, Tennessee, and Louisville. Louisville. Wow. Louisville. Louisville. I don't want to insult anybody. Yeah. Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> but those are my top three. Um, and I think the biggest deciding factor was, well, Jeff had contacted me. Coach Hostler. Yes, the Haas. Just for the the rest of America who doesn't know him is Jeff. (laughs) Jeff Hostler, Coach Hostler, the Haas. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Michigan State soccer, I mean, hadn't been extremely successful in previous years up until um, that point. And so when I heard that he had gotten the job, I was like, okay, like, I don't know. We'll see. He had reached out. I was like, "Eh." I was kind of like, okay, I, I don't know. But I loved his vision of where the the program could go and the things that we could do. And Mm -hmm. he presented it in almost like a challenge kind of way. Say more about that. Yeah. So he presented it in like a challenge because, again, like we had a program that was, again, not super successful, but he wanted to make it as successful as possible, as quickly as possible. And I was like, well, that seems like... I don't. I don't know. Like that seems like a cool, mm-hmm. a cool challenge. And Justina's um, personality also is like she seeks out challenges. Yeah. She like. Yeah. If she sees a puzzle, like she's going to figure it out. If she's <laughs> going to solve it. I've and you've known me long enough to feel. I feel like you know that's like not a new thing. Like, like if someone like he knew exactly like what buttons to push of yours to get you to be like, okay, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. Like, I'm I, gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he made it like a game. Like yes. I love like <laughs> I'm competitive. My mom is. My mom's competitive. I mean, and, you're the program's first Big Ten midfielder of the. <laughs> you're competitive. Just a yes. little. Hey, America. Uh, Justina Gaynor is competitive. It's like to the point where sometimes I have to like sit out of game nights and like I, I know my limits now. I so, like I have to take a deep breath at times because I, I get competitive. I think um, Gabe, our one of our assistant coaches, knows. He knows that he pushes your butt. He 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 knows how to get on my nerves because I get competitive. For playing a game at practice, he'll yes. purposely like. I don't know if he does it purposely. I don't know, but he'll yeah. get the score wrong, and Justina will. I know, I know the score. I'm, I always know the score, and I'm like, that's not the score. But he's like, yes, it is, and I'm like, and even when he was doing the thing where he was counting the passes, I heard that? you out loud yesterday at practice. Passes. We were just doing a simple. I was. You, we were doing. I was a simple defending passing. you, listening to the numbers. I was like, stop. Possession drill, just pe- like with some defenders, and <laughs> it was a competition which team could get more passes and. So I was off the first round, and our coach had, like, a little clicker. Because, I mean, our whole team's competitive. So he got to the point where he downloaded an app on his phone where every time he taps, it counts up. So he didn't have to count. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, he's not doing that right. Like, he's not counting right. And I was like, I'm about to take the phone because, like, I want the score to be right. And that's just the kind of, like, I was like, this isn't right for either team. And I was was like, it was was wrong wrong for both teams. But either way, I was like, I need to, like, breathe. Like, it's just a game. It's just a practice. It's fine. It'll be okay. So getting to <laughs> Michigan State. So shout out to Coach Gabe for playing mind tricks. Those are excellent. Yeah, he's, he's going to love this shout out. <laughs> but would you say then, if I'm listening well, that the one thing that really stood out for you in your decision-making process for to join Coach Hostler's vision was really him setting it out as a challenge? Yes. I would it. say that was a big thing. Um, I liked the idea of building something also. Yeah, I, I like the idea of having like, sort of like the foundation for um, the future yeah. of what Michigan State soccer mm-hmm. is going to be. Cause yeah. I know that it's gonna continue being successful with the work that we did my first year. And again, taking a team, he got the job in, I wanna say like May, possibly yeah. early June. Yeah. So he didn't have time that first year to really, I guess, make any of the changes that he wanted to make in a way that was like super effective in his mind. So like, I I don't think that he necessarily got to do like all the things that he would have done. Mm -hmm. Granted, I came in that first year with him, Lauren DeBoe and Ava Cook, who adore both of them so much. And he brought them in into a team that was super willing to listen to him. And I think that was the hardest thing about our first year was change. Like for me, change and for you, change like in terms of transferring was difficult, but for like an entire group of 30 girls to embrace change, I think that was like something that he talked about a lot that first year was like, 
buying into what his philosophies were and those kinds of things. And I liked the idea of being at like the root of change. I thought that was such an interesting opportunity that I wasn't going to get at another place like an established Tennessee program. I was very thankful again for that opportunity. And that was a very hard place to turn down because I like warm weather (laughs) and Knoxville is a great place but that fit Jeff's opportunity fit like my personality type and he figured that out very quickly he figures out everybody very quickly so this is a great segue because I want to unpack what it's like to play for coach Hostler a little bit okay so let's try to and you can take turns if you wish but let's try to describe them in one or two word statements Okay, so what's it like? And this is a great opportunity <laughs> for a great recruiting video, so don't oh, screw it up for Coach Hostler. We got you, Jeff. What's it like to play for Coach Hostler? My first word is tough. I love that. Gabby? Demanding. Love it. No surprise you keep winning, Coach. <laughs> Justina? He's detail-oriented. Yes. Love it. Discipline. There we go. Mm-hmm. That was the word, discipline. Love it. Anything else? Just to wrap it up? Competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I would say winner, like as a broad statement. <laughs> winner. Yeah. Period. Yes, yes. Winner. Coach Hostler's teams do keep winning. Yep. Standards. And I love that you said that, right? I mean, the podcast is really focused on hosting really high-performance humans. Yeah. And most of these humans have been in a locker room, and they get to a boardroom, and they win in life in general, right? Yeah. So describing him in a way that I think resonates to anybody and everybody listening is wonderful. What I heard you say is that Coach has really high expectations. He's tough. He's demanding. He pays attention to all the details. All the details all on and off the field. And and Sometimes and, you don't know how he knows. No. And, and <laughs> all of that coupled with discipline is what allows you guys to keep winning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Share with me a little bit about what you're seeing over the next couple days, week, two weeks. Who's up next? We are heading out to BYU to play Harvard in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And we're leaving Wednesday morning. Mm -hmm. So I heard you mention that like just the locker room and the energy was so ready for Ohio. Oh, yeah. There was very little concern or reservation about the most recent match. Share a little bit about what the culture of the locker room is like. Yeah. So I think. Before that Ohio game, I think that was probably one of the the most like all around, I would say like hype locker rooms mm-hmm. we've had all year. I just think there was a really good energy around yeah. um, our guests. Like we call it like this, the new season, um, the NCAA tournament, a season of six games. But I think that we had talked as a team Thursday. So we played Friday. We had talked on Thursday as a team just about what it means to be in the NCAA tournament. This is my second NCAA tournament, but when I was at Butler, we didn't. They didn't really have it. This is my first NCAA yeah. tournament. Congratulations. And so, Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> but just about understanding like the opportunity at hand and not taking it for granted and not just a lot of mindset things about owning the moment and staying present and taking care of one day at a time, one practice at a time, one drill at a time, all yeah. those things that slowly add up to make a great performance like we had mm-hmm. on like we had on Friday. And I think that there was a sense of calm, honestly, just because we were mentally in the right headspace. I was about to say back to the locker room, I think there was like hype around it and around the game, the first NCAA game. But I also think there's so many different personalities in the room, including myself. Like I'm not the person that's gonna be screaming and like mm-hmm getting hype and singing the songs, but I think each individual was doing what they needed to do yeah. to like, get ready for the game. Who's the hype teammate? Who's MJ, the- MJ Andrus. <laughs> and we, she owns it. If no, you go back gonna, and you I'm watch- I'm gonna have her and Sid on as like a power couple <gasps> episode. You should, you should. No, if you actually, if you go back and you watch um, the pregame on ESPN Plus, you can see MJ's hype roller coaster thing on the sideline and it's she's oh. always brings the energy uh, shout yeah. out to yeah. MJ. shout out mj that's Love great <laughs> who's who's the silent assassin who's the quietest person on the team oh. who does not talk but delivers in every single match maggie illig maggie, maggie. Yeah, yeah she's sophomore but 
very quiet. Actually, I would say this year she's definitely come out of her shell like way more. But last year, like super, super quiet. I feel like you're not. S- you're you're up there with Meg. You talk when you want to. <laughs> like um yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm very I'll speak when I'm spoken to, especially before games, like I'm yes. in my own head and I'm prepping myself, so I'm not going to be going out of my way bouncing off conversations off the walls. Like that's not me. That's more uh yeah. That's more me. And there's a lot of other girls on the team like that, but I think I'm more prepping myself what do I need to do and then just kind of finding that calmness and reserving like everything I have to like pour it all out on the field. So right when the whistle blows, it's all out there on the field. And I think I like flip a switch to a different person, but then off the field, I'm back to very like calm, reserved, like me a ham. (laughs) Totally. So I love, I love this. Let's pivot to game day rituals. Do you have any specific game day rituals? So I don't. Okay. I've been asked this before. Yeah. I'm not superstitious. I don't have any game day rituals. It really is about like my mental state. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what I'm doing, whether it's walking my dog, hanging out with my friends, like or taking naps. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's more just what is my mindset in that, and can I keep it level throughout the day? And I don't think about the game. That is one thing I do. I don't think about the 7 p.m. kickoff I don't think about the game until I'm in the locker room hostler is talking to us (laughs) that sounded weird coming out of my mouth and I'm walking on the field and warm-up is when I start to like ramp it up just a tad and then the whistle blows and that's when I'm like off and going but I can't like I'm very level-headed and do you like listen to the same music I know that you always have your headphones on but I never know what's going on in there no just seeing a game day rituals (laughs) I'm actually the same. I used to be like super superstitious growing up. Like yes. it was it was concerning. I had a coach that was very superstitious. Like we wore the same uniform for like two years straight because we won a lot in it and we oh, just wow. weren't allowed to wear another color. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that if I put my right shoe on before my left, it's not going to impact how I play. And like if I eat the same meal, it's not going to impact how I play. Like so I don't really have anything super crazy other than i do take a nap before every game even if it's like a noon one o'clock kickoff i'll wake up and then go take a nap but i have to get my nap i know jeff says he's not superstitious but we know jeff that you are superstitious Mm, yeah so i wore scrunchie in my hair like the beginning majority of the season and i don't know i just stopped wearing it for no reason because i don't think about that stuff it's just how my hair is going that day (laughs) and i remember one game warm-up he comes up to me it might have been practice because you had you had had scored with the scrunchie yes and he comes up to me and he's like where's your scrunchie i was like what and he was like where's your scrunchie i'm like "I, i don't know i'm just not wearing it he's like Okay, walks away and then comes up later. He's like, are you going to wear your scrunchie tomorrow for the game? Like, <laughs> you could tell he was tell. getting a you little stressed. I'm, like, another- tur- I'm like, I'm not superstitious. Coach yet. loves the data. He I does. And so every every um, home game, we'll walk out to our fight song. Like, we'll walk up to the gate yes. and then oh, yeah. walk yeah. onto the field. Um, we step on the field and usually the fight song plays. And for some reason, the, the fight song wasn't playing on Friday. And we were like kind of get to go, kind of get to go. And we're like, oh, whatever. We'll just walk out yeah. to whatever the next song is. And I guess Jeff I had gone up to... Um, he is Tara. Tara, our director of ops. And yeah. was like... What's Tara, the music? Where was the music? Tara was like, I don't know. Like, I, I asked him we to still play played. We played very the, like, best I games ever. Our best uh, games of the season. But he won't He won't say he's superstitious. And he won't. He's, he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what color we wear. And I'm like, if you say so. He's itching. He'll it. be itching. He, yeah, he's like, got the little leg shake going. <laughs> So I, I know we're Same coming. Shoes I know we're game. coming up on time, and uh, so I want to hit on two final things before we conclude. Any any simple or meaningful lesson that you've really gotten from your journey of playing at Michigan State, playing for Coach Hostler? Anything that's really stood out that you'd say this has been a great experience, a great lesson, something that I'm going to take forward with me in my life? I think for me, it's. I think we talk about this a little bit, um, kind of a lot, I guess, but just like always wanting success for the team. And when the team's successful, you're successful. And I Mm -hmm. think that individually focusing on what you can do to better yourself in the context of the team. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a really good lesson that I've learned. And we talk so much about like culture and um, 
what it means to be part of a team and how to be successful and individual roles within a team. And I think that that's a really good lesson that I've learned is how to best contribute to the whole, like individually and just learning a lot about, again, like my personality type mm-hmm. and being true to who you are and understanding your value within a team aspect because not everybody's going to be quiet. Not everyone's going to be like super hype and loud. You have in, mm-hmm. like in-betweens and just finding your way to like bring out the best in somebody else is is an, a lesson that I think Jeff's definitely helped me learn. And I think I'm obviously still like working on that, but trying to find how you can bring out the best in somebody else if they are quiet. Like how can you use that quiet to better the team? How can you use that mm-hmm. quiet to like make them feel the most comfortable, those kinds of things. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest lessons that since I've been here now for three years that I've kind of, it's taken a while, but I've definitely learned even some of like the girls last year, I don't think I saw like what they were doing, like some of our like leadership that had left. And I think that I, now I looking back and like, oh, I see what you were doing now. And I see that like you were working for the team. And I think that selfless mentality is something that I've really learned from being on this team. So if I'm listening well, it we might summarize it, and, and not your words, but my words as the significance of the individual contributions for the greater good. Exactly. And how the outcomes of the greater good then provide other uh, impact for the players as well. Right? Oh, that's, it's almost, yeah. it's almost and, like a cyclical effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for of, sure. Because the reality is that every, every person wants to be on the field. And I think that you don't go to do. college to play a sport with the intention of like sitting on the bench. But yes. again, the other reality is that there's 11 people on the field and however many subs can be made. But I know the value of every person and every every person, whether they step foot on the field one day or not at all, or they play the whole game or they play five minutes, like just understanding that we spend so much time together. It's more than just soccer. Like it's mm-hmm. friendships and relationships mm-hmm. and how to build that. And again, bringing out the best and trying to bring that. people up. And I think that... That's something that I'm going to continue learning and working yeah. on. But I think this has been a great environment to definitely set me up for situations where I can work yeah. on those kinds of things. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. Gabby, any meaningful lesson that you're taking away from your time at Michigan State? I agree with the team aspect, but I'm going to go more like Please. individual. I think what has really stuck with me is your daily habits make up a huge part of who you are. And that has stuck with me. And it's like we said about the discipline growing up where we were doing it and we didn't even know. But mm-hmm. I think this we do and we don't even know. But when you really think about it and then you focus in on it, I think that could change like a person completely if you yeah. really focus on the small details. And I also think when it pertains to soccer, what you do off the field bleeds onto what you do on the field. Yeah. So yeah. really being here has helped me focus on like those little details. And with Jeff being so detail oriented, mm-hmm. it's helped me think a little bit more about the small details and how that affects me and how what I do on this day or whatever I'm doing in my small like activities at home on my own, like how that affects me at practice and how those little things I do at practice affect me on the game. So I think figuring out those and navigating that with myself and teammates, I think that's been a huge thing for me. Yeah, I feel like we talk about that a lot too, a with lot. like yeah. the 1% better or- Yeah, but it's something yeah. that I feel like we've grown up knowing, but I don't think it's been- Kind of like your conscious Yes, mind. and really yeah. thinking about it and honing in on the small details and how that's really affected my mindset and how I play the game. Last thing, if you had one mini commercial for why Michigan State women's soccer for those that are thinking about where they're going to go hang their cleats in the future. What is that? If you go to Michigan State to play women's soccer, this happens. If you go to Michigan State to play women's soccer, you will learn discipline. You will become a better soccer player. You'll become a better teammate. You'll make really good friends, and you're going to be part of a much larger community, an international community of people that love Michigan State. Yes. And it's a great place to be. Everyone, I feel like everyone that goes to Michigan State ends up loving it. Yeah. I love that. Gabby, would you add something to that? Yeah, I do like what you said. I would also just add that also just being a bunch of transfers and there's a lot of transfers on the team, Mm -hmm. the grass is green where you water it. 
I love that. Yeah. Thanks so for I that. unpack that a little bit. Um, I think that like what you put your time and your energy into and your mindset, like it, it's going to affect how you see your situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something super special about Michigan State's team is we all buy into it mm-hmm. and each one of us. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean some days are not hard. Um, it doesn't mean that you might yeah. want to look at the other grass, but it's like. <laughs> It's green where you water it and really being intentional with what you're doing with your teammates, yourself and your relationships with your coaches. I think that's the difference with Michigan State soccer and why we're able to perform at our peak when we need to. So basically, if you go to Michigan State to play women's soccer, you will win. We're winners. It's not easy. <laughs> get used, get used to winning. I don't winning. want people to think that it's uh, easy. But yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's my that's last it. little bit is like, I think that sometimes success looks like, oh my gosh two big 10 championships they won their yeah. first game yeah they, whatever like but it's hard like you will lose a lot of friends on the path to success yeah yeah you will lose a lot of friends it takes what it takes it does it takes what it takes i i have loved listening to your stories i've loved listening to stories about coach hostler i'm almost seeing him like the mad scientist like working in the lab i feel I like think he thinks and, and putting <laughs> putting putting incredible people together to play soccer at its highest level. So that's a good, that's a last point is like high character people too, because yes. you can't have a successful team with bad apples in terms of character. Yes. Again, that audit, will audit your aspect. circles. Yeah, for sure. Audit I think he does a good job life. knowing people. I love that. Characters. He'll pick you apart and figure out who you are <laughs> in the best way. Well, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed unpacking <laughs> this story a little bit. We've enjoyed having you here at the podcast. So on behalf of the entire podcast community and all of the Spartan fanatics that we do have, it's been awesome to have you here. I'm Thank glad you were able to And awesome. so when is when is the next match against Harvard? It is Thursday, November 16th. Four o'clock Mountain Time. 6 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Plus. Probably. All right. Go Spartans. Go Green go white <laughs> folks thanks so much for listening and thanks to my guests justina and gabby connect with justina on instagram at justina gainer g-a-y-n-o-r and gabby at gabby mueller and that's g-a-b-b-y m-u-e-l-l-e double r r-r gabby mueller If you like what you heard today, please be sure to follow, rate, and review at the podium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. You can also follow the show on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at podium underscore podcast. Post about the show on social media and tag us. We'll repost and share our gratitude. Your support means the world to us. And if you enjoy our content, we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button and share it with other people that you love, care about, and respect. Please consider telling a friend about the show. Friend to friend is still the best way to get the word out about our guests and their incredible stories in life. We'll see you next time.